these are the Money Minutes. Today we start to see the first of the profit results for this season, and they're not good, but they give us some insight into life after coronavirus. Great to have your company for another episode of the Money Minutes. Uh, And what I want to concentrate really now is, as the rubber hits the road, as the cliche goes, um, as companies start to uh, report results, uh, and also on top of that, you start to see some of the valuations coming in. Uh, One of the big ones out today, IAG, the insurance company, has suspended its dividend. Uh, And remember a couple of days ago, I was telling you about the uh, Australian Prudential Regulation Authority. This is the organisation that really, if you like, oversees the stability of our financial sector, which is largely the banks and the insurance companies. Well, in this case, they're likely to give some guidance to banks and insurance companies next week as to their dividend policies. Uh, So IAG has perhaps prudently decided to suspend its dividend, uh, but I do note uh, that even as uh, I'm doing this, the share price was down more than 6% uh, and certainly is still well off its highs, unlike a lot of other companies that have rebounded in the aftermath of the coronavirus. Uh, So, you know, really, if you think about this, uh, it's a situation where the potential for claims is going to rise more significantly and the amount of business it might do is also going to be suppressed. Then on top of that, you think about the hit to the actual portfolio that the insurance company will have that often does back, if you like, a lot of its policies. So these are the, you know, if you like, triumvirate that you've got uh, that uh, are causing the fall in that IAG share price. Now, generally, insurance are fairly steady side of business. The other one I want to concentrate today, and I think this is really instructive, is uh, vicinity centres. Now, vicinity centres, previously known as Centro or Federation, is Australia's second largest shopping centre group. It's got about $6.9 billion worth of shopping centres, so including some of our most famous. Uh, The QVB uh, centre in Sydney, right in the heart of Sydney. Uh, The Strand Arcade in Sydney. Uh, the Meyer Centre in Brisbane, that's pretty significant. Uh, but the, the jewel in the crown, always, uh, is Chadston, Australia's largest shopping centre right in the heart of Melbourne. Uh, it is a city in its own right. Now, the fact of the matter is that uh, today, vicinity centres has come out with a few bits and pieces. Uh, it's indicated, for example, that it's going to take a hit of some $1.8 billion um, on its valuations. I should also point out that this is... At the lower end of the scale, they'd previously indicated it could have been as high as $2.1 billion. It's coming as at $1.8 billion. But that is a fall in the portfolio of some 11.3% in the period to the end of June. Now, there's reasons why there's been this decline in the valuation. Number one, quite clearly, is the rents that many of those tenants, the, the, the retailers inside these shopping centres, are paying. And what you've got is Grant Kelly, the chief executive today, talking about not just having deferred rents for some of the struggling retailers, but also on top of that, he's talking about the actual, you know, sort of, if you like, uh, waiving of those rents. So in other words, there are tenants who have been given deals to try and help keep them alive, who are not having to pay rent for a period of time. So vicinity and its shareholders, its uh, unit holders, are having to basically carry the can for that. Hence, the valuations are falling. The second thing, which is an issue for them, is the capitalisation rate. Now, 
What this is about is the actual valuation long-term on which they'll value their shopping centres. And that's also risen to 5.47%. The final part about this is also they're saying there's been lower sales. And so if there are lower sales, they'll be like making less money out of those tenants that they have, the retailers they have. Um, Also, there's issues whereby they're spending more capital to try and do up these centres to basically what they say is meet consumer preferences. But then the final part about that is Chadston itself. And if you think about Chadston, you know, biggest shopping centre in Australia, right in the heart of where the coronavirus second wave outbreak has taken place in Victoria, now in stage three lockdowns, um, that's where the pain is really being felt. So then you go again to Mike Kelly, who says that um, uh, effectively customer visitation across their portfolio uh, is 68% of the year, uh, the prior year level, uh, with 83% of stores trading. So take it the other way. Uh, Basically, their visitation is down 32%. The number of stores trading, 17% of them, as compared with a year ago, are not trading right now. But what he basically says is um, it's an uncertain environment. But the other point also is he's indicated that apart from the areas of metropolitan Melbourne, um, there has actually been an improvement uh, for many of the centres, less reliant on office workers or tourists. And so they're saying it's basically returned close to pre-COVID-19 levels. Um, In other words, if you're outside of those areas where there are tourists, where there are a lot of office workers, um, then you start to get it back. So that's life returning to normal for some of those. And that's the reason why Victoria now um, is so important to get on top of the outbreaks. But I do note that uh, even with the latest pronunciation from uh, the uh, Premier of Victoria, Daniel Andrews, of the uh, 300 new cases there. Uh, the, the fact of the matter was that 249 are under investigation. And that, to me, is a really big problem. Anyway, so that's what's taking place. Uh, and as I say, just watch this space with all of the, the results that are coming out over the next couple of weeks, because they will really start to tell the tale as to how quickly, potentially, Australia can bounce back. And secondly, about the valuations of our stock market and whether it's been real or not. Just on this point of retailing, how fortuitous or how incredibly clever was the Lowy family in selling out of its Westfield shopping centre empire between 2017, late 2017, and late 2019. Uh, Remember originally that, of course, the big deal was done when they sold out to Unibairad Amco, the giant European shopping centre owner, where they sold out at that stage in late 2017 for $32.7 billion. And then even late last year in October, they sold the remaining 4% of the centre group, which had the Australian New Zealand Westfield centres in them, they sold those out for around $815 million. It would be fair to say that Frank Lowy, during his life, has been, well, blessed with an enormous skill to be able to get in and get out at the right time. The only thing I can remember in getting trapped in was an investment of Channel 10 that cost him about $700 million really going on uh, in the last recession Australia held. Otherwise, when he's stuck to his knitting, which has been shopping centres, He's been nothing short of brilliant. Now, that's not to say that anybody could have foreshadowed the coronavirus hitting. 
But what happened in this circumstance was the family decided the timing was right to try and move their assets into different directions. And how clever were they? I mean, this was a family that was prepared to make significant changes to their operations over a long time. There were corporate restructures in 1979, 2004, 2008, 2010, and then the big one, this sale. But if you consider that over 57 years, and the family worked this out, $1,000 invested in 1960 in Westfield would have been worth $440 million by the end of that Unibuy Radamco takeover. 25.6% per year, every year for 57 years. Pretty astonishing. And then to have avoided being in shopping centres at the time the coronavirus hit, which has led to such significant change and also dilution of the value of assets in shopping centres and in retail generally. Again, sometimes under unfortunate circumstances, though Frank Lowy might have had in escaping the Second World War, he's had truly a very blessed life and certainly a very astute life as an investor. Also on the subject of spending in Victoria and all that type of thing, I noticed that David Plank, uh, the head of economics at the ANZ, has come out with a uh, new piece of research today. Effectively, the ANZ has seen that in Melbourne, spending has dropped 11.6% for the week to July 18. The areas where it's been hardest hit, takeaway food down 52%, fashion down 48%, accommodation spending in Melbourne down 57%, and regional Victoria down by 26%. Um, What they're indicating is that uh, the spending was relatively stable in June. uh, And that also shows from yesterday with the federal government, you know, basically saying it's going to continue on with JobKeeper and JobSeeker payments, even though they will be reduced for many people. uh, That These are the things that allow people to continue to spend. So people are changing their spending habits. And they're also changing as a result of the lack of travel that's going on. So it just depends on where you are right now and what the recovery is. It's going to be tougher, but I do tend to suspect that as the job keeper and job seeker comes off, that some of this spending will get a lot tighter. Just a final one for the week from you. I just want to play you a grab because it almost, to me, beggars belief, almost bizarre that this even had to be said. And so I just want to take you to uh, one of the world's richest men, Bill Gates, the founder and also boss of Microsoft. And really a lot of the work that they've been doing to try and through his uh, foundation, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to donate millions of dollars to a coronavirus vaccine and treatment research. However, there's a conspiracy theory going around the internet that the reason why he's been so keen to try and put all this money into vaccines is so that he can somehow implant microchips into billions of people to monitor their movements. Here's Bill Gates. No, there's no connection between any of these vaccines and any tracking type thing at all. I don't know where that came from. And yet there was a poll by YouGov and Yahoo that shows 44% of Republicans, 19% of Democrats, and 24% of independents think that you want to do that. How did this conspiracy start? I don't know. Uh, you know, Dr. Fauci and I are sort of the two most mentioned, and, and some of these are deeply ironic. Like, you know, our foundation is about reducing death and, you know, bringing equity uh, 
to health, and yet the idea that you know we get accused of of creating uh, you know chips or the the virus, uh, you know, I I think we just need to get the truth out there. We need to explain our values. As <laughs> he said, you need to get the truth out there. He doesn't know where it comes from. Can you imagine the problem of living with all these conspiracy theories? It's interesting because um, he says he hopes it'll die down as people get the facts. Now, do bear in mind that still the race for some form of vaccine is going on at pace. Uh, with the great hope, as we've told you before, about what's happening in the UK with that Oxford University AstraZeneca project and also the University of Queensland, which along with CSL has already tried to see whether it can get production ramped up to get millions upon doses in Australia. It's still going to take some time, even if these do work, and none of them yet have uh, been actually uh, seen to be proven to be the right treat. The other one also to note is that uh, in February this year, the Bill and Melinda the Gates Foundation said it was donating $100 million to vaccine research and uh, for treatment efforts for coronavirus. As I say, you try and do the right thing, you still get smashed. Life can be pretty tough. Anyway, that's it for the Money Minutes this week. Thank you so much for your company and your comments. If you pick us up via the Apple Store or if you pick us up via Spotify, wherever it might be, leave us a comment. We'd really appreciate it. Give us a feedback. Uh, That's important to us to keep this going. I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. 